Welcome into another edition of our Handicapper podcast for KeenelandSelect.com. Joining me is Frank Mastari, and he was the winner of the Grade 1 Gamble earlier this week, the uh, big contest that uh, the director of uh, Mutuals, Jim Goodman, runs each year. Uh, Frank, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Do you uh, play a lot of contests throughout the year? Yeah, I do a lot of the live money events. Uh, you know, it's a lot very similar to what my uh, everyday play is. So uh, I like the idea of being able to, uh, you know, bet regular live money. And then if you're fortunate enough to, to win one of those, the added bonus of the prize money and the additional prize that goes uh, with it makes it for a nice uh, ROI day. How, and maybe it's not for you since you said it's similar to a typical day for you, but is the, is the contest significantly different from your uh, wagering strategy that you would typically use? Not typically. I do a lot of, uh, um, you know, I don't bet a lot of races a day. So the, the fewer races that I get to pick from or that I get to play in a contest is uh, uh, usually what I look for. If I got to play 10 races in a 10 race car, that's, uh, that's not my forte. But if I could play maybe three or four races a day only, um, that's, that's the ones I like to play. Pick your spots. Definitely, yep. How did you become a handicapper and get into uh, this uh, activity? Actually, when I, was, when I was a kid, my parents and grandparents used to take me to, uh, whether it was Arlington Park or Hawthorne or Sportsman's in Chicago, um, and I fell in love with the game at an early age. And uh, my competitiveness uh, as I got older, uh, you know, to try to beat something or win at something, uh, horse racing seemed right up my uh, avenue. And um, I got to meet a few people who were very, very knowledgeable um, in the racing world as far as making their own numbers and how to handicap and uh, how to find out biases and pace ratings and making your own numbers. And then that was in the, you know, mid nineties. And I learned from them and, uh, it turned me into someone who, you know, loves the game and uh, has some success at times also because of it. What were some of the more important pieces of information that you accumulated? Um, I, I'm a big pace guy. Um, so some of those uh, pace plays where, you know, a horse runs against a bias in a, in a, in a strong pace, um, those are the ones that I really – take advantage of i think because uh, those are horses that sometimes uh, get beaten off by many many lengths and are kind of hidden and nowadays to find that hidden horse or hidden value horse uh, has gotten a lot harder in the last 20 years or so so to find that stuff uh, you really got to work at it at times is that because of the uh, availability of uh, speed figures and other information yeah definitely so there's so much uh, good information available um, on a daily basis from all different sites or people who make their own numbers and sell that information and workout reports. That stuff is so readily available. Um, it kind of hurts the guys that, uh, like myself, who try to make our own numbers and, and watch the little details every day. Um, a lot of that stuff is, is, is being sold to people, and uh, that makes my life tougher. <laughs> I could imagine. Um, are you uh, watching, I assume, even races you're not, not playing just to look for a future angle? Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I, 
I watch the races uh, every single day, um, and I don't I don't bet every race every day, but I do take uh, you know some mental notes, and for some tracks, I'm taking actual regular trip notes and doing my own figures for certain circuits, and uh, uh, hopefully it pays off when you know different horses run at different uh, racetracks at times too. You're based in in Chicago. Do you uh, follow that circuit? most closely or um does it change from day to day or week to week basically i follow the florida or the gulf stream circuit every single day that's that's my main circuit that i follow and then i also play um a little bit of the california stuff because california is a big player in the the contest world um and then i'll always follow you know, the shorter Keeneland meets, uh, because they have, you know, Jim Goodman does a great job at his both spring and fall contests. So to follow that meet, uh, you know, for the three, four weeks, they both have them. And then I'll follow the, uh, the, you know, the, the handicap horses for the Breeders' Cup and, uh, Kentucky Derby and all that kind of stuff. The, anything that has a big pool in, I try to follow a little bit because that's where we can make a big score. Is there a, uh, a favorite slash Biggest score, and then uh, the other thing, which we all probably tend to remember more, toughest beats. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of tough beats that we that I've had in the days. But uh, other than my Keeneland score here, this last uh, week and a half ago or whatever, I've been fortunate enough to uh, uh, have some some nice scores. I, I won the uh, Santa Anita Opening Day uh, Winter Meet contest also this year. Um, and then I had, uh, I finished seventh in the NHC back in 2000. I believe it was 17. And then I've had a few, um, pick six scores that were, uh, you know, in that six figure range that, uh, that we need as everyday players to hit those big ones because, uh, we do have our losing days also. So to have those, those have, to have those big days, that helps us carry us through the, uh, uh, the tough weeks or tough months we go through at times as gamblers. Do you have certain types of wagers that you tend to, to focus on that uh, you come back to now and again, or does it change given the, the, the race and the pace uh, analysis, et cetera? Yeah, I, I don't make many win bets a year or a day, let's say. Um, I, I'm a big gimmick guy. Big exactas and trifectas are my thing. Um, pick fives, pick sixes, I, I'll play in those pools uh, fairly often. Uh, but usually... You know, because I play only a few races a day and pick my spots, the uh, the pick fives don't always line up for me because I might only like or have a strong opinion in one of the five races. So um, the other four races, if they don't line up for me, I, I don't want to get in that uh, in that pool much. But uh, you know, if, if there's a couple, three, two or three races I like in the series of the pick five, then yeah, I'll play those. But typically, I'm a one race at a time guy and. Uh, and go after that pretty hard. Was it hard to to manage the discipline piece of the way you approach it? Um, yeah, I mean, as I gotten older and hopefully wiser, um, I think I realized that you know losing is not a lot of fun. So to bet to bet on races that I don't have strong opinions for, or or my numbers don't say, hey, this is uh, your advantage race. To just bet those races to me. I've learned over the time doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, so sitting back and waiting for my right spots is uh, seems to be the way that works for me anyway. 
we have the closing day of the spring meet at Keeneland coming up, and then a week from Saturday it'll be the Kentucky Derby weekend, the Oaks, of course, on Friday. Um, have you started to, to study the Oaks and Derby horses yet to the point where you have any strong opinions? Yeah, not, not much in the Oaks yet, but I do follow the whole Derby trail throughout between all the uh, uh, preliminary races and the points races. And I think for the first time in probably maybe five, six years, uh, and I think mainly because Baffert doesn't have a standout horse, but uh, um, I think this is a very, very wide-open derby. And, uh, you know, I think essential quality is probably the most talented going in, but that's not necessarily how I'm going to be betting the race. I'm, uh, I'm going to be looking for, you know, some good value or some horses who I think are peaking at the right time, and I think... Uh, you know, known agenda is one for me that I think is just uh, Todd has figured out that uh, you know the horse is getting better and better, and I think he's uh, uh, figured out that horse, and I think that might be one that uh, might be of some decent value. You know, the other uh, the ones that I'll be playing against for sure probably is Rock Your World coming off a you know lifetime top. Um, those kind of horses are not the kind that I'm going to be betting. I think they'll be way under value. So uh, those are the kind I like to beat in bigger fields like this. How significant as a pace player was the, the news that Essential Quality Stablemate Caddo River is going to go and figures to be up either on or very close to the front? Yeah, that's it. You know, and that'll be uh, you know kind of things that we're not going to be as handicappers be easy to figure out because it, a lot of it comes down to, hey, what is Brad Cox going to tell his guys to come out of the gate? Is one going to go? Is one not going to go? But uh, I'm pretty sure both jocks uh, are going to want to let their horse run their race. So I think that's probably going to be a, a detriment to both of them. When uh, you sit down to analyze a, a race like the Derby that, that may have as many as 20 horses, do you still approach it the way you would a normal race? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I go through and, uh, you know, the first thing I always do is I, I figure out or try to figure out the pace of the race and then everything up, everything else sets up uh, off of that for me. Um, and, and, you know, I, I kind of throw out the horses that I think have no chance and then, uh, uh, set that race up and see who's going to get the, you know, the best trip and, uh, as we well know, the best horse typically doesn't always win, you know, most of the races, it's a lot of times comes down to trip and luck, and especially with a big field, you better have uh, you better have some luck of the of the not only the draw but the luck of the trip and uh, keeping out of trouble because uh, that seems to be how derbies are won and lost a lot of times. You mentioned bias earlier. Uh, is that too often used or not uh, understood uh, often enough that it that it's there? You know, my opinion is I think. Uh, the tracks do a pretty good job of making the tracks as fair as they possibly can. Um, I'm a little hesitant in some of the big days that they speed it up sometimes. I don't know why they do that, or I don't know their reasoning, but it seems like they want to have those fast final times, which uh, sometimes uh, gives the speed horses a little advantage. But uh, bias, to me, is a huge, huge uh, factor in in finding those hidden horses. If I, if I can figure out... a a bias that maybe a lot of people don't see or don't believe is there and and work off either betting against a horse who ran with the bias or betting on a horse who ran against the bias. Those are some very hidden uh, 
hidden horses at times that you can get some great, great value on. Rick, I appreciate the uh, the time, and it's always interesting to get the different approaches from uh, different uh, players as we go through these these podcasts. But uh, best of luck as you, you play the big races coming up in the uh, coming week down in Louisville or wherever else you're playing. Great. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you if you'll be wagering on the Derby also.